Hello, everyone. Welcome to the message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio, for Sunday, February the 25th, 2024. We appreciate you joining us today, and thank you so much for being here. If you're looking here online, we're going to make the assumption that you want to see my face more often. You're welcome, if you're in Akron, Ohio, to come uh, to our church and see this message live, of course. But uh, at the end of the day, we just want to make sure that we're proclaiming the truth of Jesus Christ, no matter how we do it, whether we do it live in church or here online. But we appreciate you being here nonetheless. Thank you so much for so much for joining me. My name is Melvin Gaines. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer and we'll get started. Lord, you are worthy of our praise and we thank you for how you indeed enable us and keep us. Even in moments when things have been hectic, things have been crazy. And Lord, we thank you for helping us to center back on who you are in the midst of all of it. Lord, we thank you for your presence and we thank you for the teaching that even comes from those experiences. Lord, we learn things when we go through things. And we thank you that you're the one who is the teacher and we are just the willing pupils ready to hear what you have to say through your word. Bless us and keep us, Lord, now as we learn more about you in this particular message where we want to make sure that we are obedient to your word and fulfilling the things that you would have us to do in service for you. Bless us, Lord, now, and we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. When we look at the lives of some of the great men and women in Scripture, other than Jesus Christ, we think of people like Abraham and Moses, Isaiah, and David. We read the accounts of these men and think that these people were exceptionally empowered, almost like the superheroes that we read about in the comics or see on the big screen. Now, before we get carried away with this, we are reminded that superheroes aren't real, which you'd better not say out loud at Comic-Con, and that the character of these heroes invariably had flaws. Superman is known as the Man of Steel, but he was supposedly weaker than you or me when he was exposed to kryptonite. Batman became the Cape Crusader when his mother and father were murdered in the streets of Gotham City. And he carried that with him for much of his adult life. Spider-Man does what a spider can, but he also was largely shunned and ignored as a successful crime fighter. And some would contend that he had some emotional issues. You could argue that it was the human nature of these characters that make them even more endearing as crime fighters. These fictional characters are heroes, but all of them are flawed in some manner. They're not perfect. Neither were the so-called heroes of faith that we read about in Hebrews chapter 11. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Hebrews 11. Let's take a look at verses 1 and 2. Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 2. And we'll be reading from the New Living Translation of this passage. Follow along in your version. Verses 1 and 2, Hebrews 11. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. The Bible does not refer to the people as heroes as we are prone to do. 
The Bible refers to each of them as being righteous because God gave examples of their faith, and that's where their righteousness comes from. Were they really heroes? Well, you tell me. Abel was deemed righteous because God accepted and approved of his offerings. Even in his death, his faith shows leadership by example. Enoch pleased God with his faith so much that he did not experience death. Then Paul follows with this passage in the same scripture. Go down to Hebrews 11 verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Verse 6. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Abraham pleased God with his faith and believed God's promises to him. But he was far from perfect. There are examples in scripture where he was impatient waiting for God and he was also fearful. Sarah had faith and bore Abraham a child when she was 90 years old after being barren. But God had to challenge her when she lacked faith. These people and others are recorded as being accepted by God because of their faith in spite of their human nature. Here's the encouraging message for all of us. In spite of our human nature, we are accepted by God because of our faith. We're far from perfect, but God accepts us and loves us in spite of who we are. In our love for God, may we live in his spirit and love others in spite of their imperfections. Love your brother Love your sister. Love one another because you represent Jesus. Turn to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. I want to look at verses 9 through 12. And this will be in the NIV version. 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Verse 9, 1 John 4. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. So with this information about love and faith, we're going to use the balance of this message to explore the life of Jehoshaphat, the fourth ruler over the southern kingdom and son of Asa, the previous king. The first account we read about in scripture of Jehoshaphat is in 1 Kings 15, verse 24, with a very brief mention that he was a successor to Asa. And we'll see later also in 1 Kings 22, verses 1 through 50, an account of what he did. 
There's a little bit more detail that we're going to cover today in 2 Chronicles chapter 17. He ascended to the throne at age 35 and reigned for 25 years, a fairly long tenure. Let's take a look, closer look at this and reflect upon how King Jehoshaphat, as a man of faith, not only ruled with the intent of serving the Lord, but also did some additional things that other kings failed to do. He took a stand on the word of God. He shared the word of God. He received God's blessing because of his example of faith and obedience to God. And Jehoshaphat's people also received blessings because of his faithful leadership. So let's turn now your Bibles and electronic devices to 2 Chronicles 17. 2 Chronicles chapter 17. And that's where we'll kind of camp out, but keep your finger there in case we have to move somewhere else. 2 Chronicles 17, verses 1 and 2. 2 Chronicles 17, verses 1 and 2. And this will be in the New International Version. Starting at verse 1, 2 Chronicles chapter 17. Jehoshaphat, his son, succeeded him as king and strengthened himself against Israel. He stationed troops in all the fortified cities of Judah and put garrisons in Judah and in the towns of Ephraim that his father Asa had captured. The accounts in the Chronicles are providing us with God's perspective of the leadership of the kings of the day. And Jehoshaphat did what any good ruler would do. He built up the armies in his territory and established Judah as a fortified kingdom. He was doing this because Israel was an adversary at that time to Judah. Now let's look at verses 3 and 4. Second Chronicles 17 verses 3 and 4. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he followed the ways of his father David before him. He did not consult the Baals but sought the God of his father and followed his commands rather than the practices of Israel. Now, you may have noticed here that the scripture referred to his father Asa, but now in verse 3, David, who is in Jehoshaphat's, Jehoshaphat's lineage, was also now being mentioned. David's earlier years as king were arguably his most faithful and obedient years of service. Why the difference from verse to verse? Remember, this is God's account of the record of the rulers in Israel and Judah. And David is referenced as the standard for all kings that followed him. It tells us how highly esteemed David was in God's eyes. Hold your finger in 2 Chronicles and go over to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. Let's look at verse 22. Acts chapter 13, verse 22. And we learned about this from the very beginning when David was going to be the one who replaced Saul. Verse 22, Acts 13. But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. This is very important as to how we as believers and followers of Jesus will be successful in our walk of faith. 
He's telling us what we need to do. Jehoshaphat was being compared to King David. We are to emulate Christ in the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. Our faith is what is pleasing to God. Our faith is what pleases God. You see how Saul was removed as king because he was continually disobedient to the Lord. Go back to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 15. Verses 22 and 23. And we'll get this reminder here. 1 Samuel 15. Verses 22 and 23. Also in the New Living Translation. Verse 22. But Samuel replied to Saul. What is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen. Obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft, and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. There is a cost for our disobedience to the Lord, and it can be heavy. For those who continually reject the word of God. We need more leaders in our city, state, and country that take the word of God to heart and lead in faithfulness. If we are under leadership that is not following God, then here's where we need to be on a regular basis. Turn now forward to 1 Timothy chapter 2 and let's look at verses 1 through 4. And this is what we need to be doing if we're under leadership that is just not following God or is just not doing right. 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 4. Verse 1, 1 Timothy chapter 2. First of all, then, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone for kings and all those who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good, and it pleases our God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Yeah, we want those leaders to come to the knowledge of the truth about Jesus Christ, too. But we need to be doing what? Praying for peace, tranquility, a quiet life when we're under someone who is frankly, in opposition to God. Pray for our leadership. It starts in the home and applies to anyone in leadership, wherever you work or live. God has a way of providing his grace and mercy even in the midst of poor leadership. No names, please. Scripture doesn't address every single life scenario, but it does cover the essentials. A wise person heeds its godly words of wisdom and maintains a lifestyle that is pleasing to God. Without a doubt, God responds by extending favor and blessings to those who live a life that is pleasing to him. He did this for Jehoshaphat. Let's go back to Second Chronicles and let's look at verses 5 and 6. Second Chronicles 17, verses 5 and 6. 
Verse 5, 2 Chronicles 17. The Lord established the kingdom under his control, and all Judah brought gifts to Jehoshaphat, so that he had great wealth and honor. His heart was devoted to the ways of the Lord. Furthermore, he removed the high places and the Asherah poles from Judah. His actions honored the Lord. And the Lord in turn honored Jehoshaphat. How do, you rec- how do we recognize when God honors you and me? We recognize it in the blessings that we receive. Now, a quick note about this. Riches and honor are not promised for any of us. Some believers have a tendency to believe that God will rain down money on them as if the gospel of Jesus Christ is tied to some sort of, here it comes, prosperity. That's not how it works, of course. And such a movement is not based on a true faith in God. It is misplaced faith. It is unbiblical. And a lot of people have fallen for this false teaching. It is so dangerous in that people believe that their actions will obligate God to extend them favor. It eliminates the recognition of the sovereign nature and character of God. The prosperity gospel actually derives its roots from the New Thought movement that originated in the United States in the late 19th century. It was not explicitly a Christian movement, but influenced by Christian ideas. Eastern philosophies, metaphysical traditions, and the growing fields of psychology and self-help. The movement focuses on the power of positive thinking. The belief that positive thoughts manifest positive outcomes, while negative thinking promotes negative circumstances. Another belief in this movement is that the mind has the power to heal the body and attract prosperity. David W. Jones, a Christian ethicist, as a person who's an expert in ethics, said that in light of Scripture, the prosperity gospel is fundamentally flawed. At bottom, it's a false gospel because of its faulty view of the relationship between God and man. Simply put, if the prosperity gospel is true, Grace is obsolete, God is irrelevant, and man is the measure of all things. Whether they're talking about the Abrahamic covenant, the atonement, giving, faith, or prayer, prosperity teachers turn the relationship between God and man into a quid pro quo transaction. What does this conclusion mean for all of us? It's simple. God is absent in the prosperity movement. I think that's all that needs to be said about this. God is absent. Jehoshaphat did nothing for the purpose of receiving God's wealth and honor. God gave it to him because it was a way for others to witness the goodness of God. But Jehoshaphat went even further because of the love of God and his word. He spread the good news of God to the people of Judah because God's word had a high priority. Go back to Second Chronicles 17, verses 7 through 9. 
Second Chronicles 17, verses 7 to 9. Verse 7, in the third year of his reign, he sent his officials Ben-Hale, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nathanael, and Micaiah to teach in the towns of Judah. With them were certain Levites, Shemaiah, Nethaniah, Zebediah, Azahel, Shemiramoth, Jehonathan, Adonijah, Tobijah, and Tob Adonijah, and the priests Elishama and Jehoram. They taught throughout Judah, taking with them the book of the law of the Lord. They went around to all the towns of Judah and taught the people. And Jehoshaphat proclaimed the truth of God to the people through his Levi priests and his officials for one purpose, to educate the people. Educate them in the ways of the Lord. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, please. Hold your finger still in Second Chronicles 17. Go to Deuteronomy 6. Let's look at verses 4 through 8. Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 8. Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 8. This is the New Living Translation. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road when you are going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Jesus repeated these same words to tell us one of the greatest commandments in the law. And John shared with us earlier the importance of loving others. As Jesus tells us, all of God's word, the law and the words of the prophets of God are summarized with these two commandments. We find that in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. For a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no greater honor than to be a man or woman of faith. It is pleasing to God and he enables us to go and proclaim his truth through the power of the Holy Spirit. In turn, we are obedient to his word. As we're obedient to his word, he affirms us with innumerable blessings. Our prayer life becomes more in tune with the will of God, and our life will reflect that as well. Look at what happens to Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah because of the king's faithfulness. Go back to 2 Chronicles 17. Let's pick up at verse 10. 2 Chronicles 17, verse 10. And we're going to go through to verse 13. The fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of the lands surrounding Judah so that they did not go to war against Jehoshaphat. Some Philistines brought Jehoshaphat gifts and silver as tribute, and the Arabs brought him flocks, 7,700 rams and 7,700 goats. Verse 12, Jehoshaphat became more and more powerful. He built forts and store cities in Judah. 
and had large supplies in the towns of Judah. He also kept experienced fighting men in Jerusalem. Notice that the people on the outside were moved by God himself to respect Jehoshaphat and the land of Judah with peace and honor throughout the land by giving him gifts. God was honoring the faith of Jehoshaphat through the actions of the outsiders. Jehoshaphat didn't ask for gifts. God was honoring the faith of Jehoshaphat. They were given to him because he was faithful to God. Plain and simple. God made Judah into a formidable territory, and no one dared to mess with Jehoshaphat and over one million fighting men. Jehoshaphat was not a superhero. Far from it. He was just an ordinary man. A human being like you and me. God is letting us know through his account in Second Chronicles that Jehoshaphat was faithful to God, trusted in his word, and held it in high esteem by sharing his truth throughout his kingdom. Let that be a lesson for all of us. Ordinary people like you and me can and will find favor with God when we simply believe in Jesus, trust in his word, and remain faithful. It is in his character to honor those who honor him. Turn to John chapter 12, verse 26. John chapter 12, verse 26. John chapter 12, verse 26. And this will be from the English Standard Version. Verse 26, John chapter 12. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Go forth as servants of Jesus Christ and share the good news with others. Always walk in the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, may we remain focused on who you are, your character, the love you have for us, the truth you give to us through your word. May we remain focused on your goodness. And Lord, as we learn more about you and your character, may we remain faithful to you. Our world does not encourage being faithful to you. Our world encourages us being only faithful to ourselves or to those who believe that they know what the truth is. When Lord, you have taught us that you're the only truth. You're the absolute truth. And we thank you, Lord, for how you honor us as we honor you. Lord, we know that you don't promise us anything. But, Lord, we know that you, all the blessings that come, come directly from you. And we thank you for that, too. And, Lord, we thank you for helping us to steer clear of those who find a way to change the truth that you have spoken about in your word. 
And Lord, we thank you for the truth that you give to us. May we remain faithful to you. May we always trust in you. May we believe that you indeed are Lord and Savior of our lives. If anyone within the sound of my voice does not know you as Lord and Savior for their lives, Lord, speak to those people. You know who they are right now. You know exactly who they are. You know exactly what they're about. And Lord, seek after those. Go after those that have a heart for you but want to know more about who you are. Thank you, Lord, for the teaching that you give to us. And thank you for not giving up. Thank you for having the desire for every person to have a saving knowledge with you. Your word speaks it. Your word declares it. It's truth. Thank you, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you so much for joining me today for the message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church for Sunday, February the 25th, 2024. God bless you and take care of yourselves. We appreciate you for being here today. Take care. We'll see you around the corner. We'll see you next time.